Told y'all this was a movement. Taking up the ways. You dig? Bank down. Bank down. Bank down. East to west, we getting banked down. North to south, we getting banked down. Worldwide, we getting banked down. Call up 917-889-8041 This the Bay Dye Radio Show We controlling the globe and we second to no one Every time we emerge, we putting that work in Bang Dye, do it for the culture Then it's one love wins, it's from 8pm to 9pm But tip she the trophy And we keep making moves by coastal Not them suckers they believe, but I told you Bang Dye about to be your household name And Bang Dye mean when you pop more change Falling like Odell, shout out to Rochelle Networking Saturday is about to be your movie Gotta go big, it's the only way to do it It's a conglomerate, we get into it Fridays gotta be inspired with Linda H. While you ride on the interstate, we got Sundays with sunshine from five to six. While you munching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in and tap in with the movement. Cause it's about to go down. Shout out, discover this, captain of the mothership. If you ain't know, that you know now. Your age, 
Um, I feel like um, I'm still a work in progress in recreating my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I spent uh, the last 20 plus years, um, just like you, working in different industries. Um, however, um, the industries that, well, my main bulk of my working career was through the military. And then also I worked um, in the medical field, um, in the administrative side of things. So kind of like in the last, you know, couple of years as well, I started exploring the film industry and trying to see where I fit in with things. So um, I find it really interesting that you, um, at a little bit of an older age than me, is kind of doing- A little bit, a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little bit. So can you tell us, you know, what made you decide to, you know, recreate your life and start pursuing the film industry? Uh, the film industry was never anything that I even thought of or dreamed of that I would be doing. In fact, there are many times that I kind of have to pinch myself to believe that this is where I am right now, you know. But, um, you know, as you said, I started out um, the last maybe 30 years uh, working in corporate America, you know, um, I retired from the big X Xerox Corporation, you know, and, and I enjoyed my time there, you know, met a lot of friends and still friends with them. Um, however, um, I knew in my heart of hearts that it was time to leave, you know, and so uh, even before they had a, uh, a retirement opportunity that they offered, you know, usually companies like that, they have two types of reductions in force. One is called uh, VRIF, which is a voluntary reduction in force, which is when they put the packages out and say, if you meet certain criteria, then you can uh, uh, retire early, you know. And then if they don't get the numbers that they want to reduce the force in the VRIF, then there's an IRIF, <laughs> an involuntary reduction in force, you know? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately in my tenure with Xerox as a client account manager, I had to have talks with my employees many times and let them know that they were a victim of the IRIF. And those were never easy conversations to have. You know, as, as the company changed and, and, and just the industry and, and life changed, you know, I just had an inkling that it was time for me to go. So I, I told my wife, I said, look, I think they're going to have some actions coming up soon and offer some packages. I said, and if the package is halfway decent, then I'm going to take it, you know. And the, the great thing was my wife said, I think you should, you know, because when you, when you have the support of your spouse, that means everything. So when she said, I think you should, then my mind was made up then, you know. So <laughs> when they when they had the uh, actions and they announced that they were offering early retirement, nobody in Xerox thought I was going to be one of the ones, one of the first ones to accept the package. And when they found, I said, Greg, you, you're retired? Yes, it's time, you know. And the amazing thing was, I knew it was time, but I didn't know what was next. I had no idea, no clue, no inkling what I was gonna do next. I just know that for, for myself, one of the most important things is to be able to discern the seasons. Seasons change, and I don't mean 
summer, winter, spring, and fall. I mean, just seasons in the atmosphere, seasons of, of God, you know. And when when those seasons change, you know, you got to be able to maneuver in those seasons because whatever was successful in one season, when that season changes, if you're not moving with those seasonal changes, what was successful then is not going to be successful now, you know. So I knew my season, my personal season was changing. I just didn't know what the new season held for me. But as, as I say, I had my eyes closed shut and my faith wide open and, and I accepted whatever was going to happen. So I was 56 at the time. I had no idea what I was going to do. I wasn't sitting on a boatload of money. Fortunately, my home was paid for. So so that was a big, big uh, uh, lift off of uh, burden or whatever. But my idea was I'm going to sit around and chill for a while. You know, I, I, I literally have been working all my life. I mean, I started working when I was like 12 years old, you know, and I've had, as I said, many different jobs. You know, I worked on a milk truck. You know, I, I sold ladies' shoes. I sold men's clothing. I, I sold Avon, you know. So I've had a lot of different jobs, you know. So I said, I'm retired. I know I'm not going to be sitting at home forever, but for, for now, chill time, you know. Well, what happened during my personal chill time, my wife didn't see it that way. <laughs> This was honey-do list time, you know? And and what I, I soon realized was the honey-do list never went away. They were perpetual, you know? I'd knock off seven of 10, and I look up, there's seven more added on of to them. Of course, of course. <laughs> this was not my vision of being retired, you know? So we keep that list going, all right? Oh my God. <laughs> This was worse than work. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, um, amazing. One of the other jobs I had was I was in radio for close to thirty years. You know, I was a, a radio host on on a local station here in Atlanta, ninety one point nine FM WCLK on the campus of Clark Atlanta University. You know, and I hosted a radio show called Saturday Morning Joy. And um, so as long as I was in radio and I loved radio, once I got off, I didn't listen to gospel music, which is what my show was. It was a gospel music show. Not that I don't like it, I still love it, but I turned into sports radio and that was my, my passion. I was just listening to sports radio. Whenever I got in the car, that's what was on, you know? And so I was listening to sports radio one morning and this guy named Greg Clarkston, has a show called The Casting Call. And he was telling us how so many projects are being filmed here in the Atlanta area, which I had no clue. You know, I'm, I'm uh, engaged in my own field, you know? So I was like, really? Didn't know that. So he said how you can get into the industry, you know, basically go on Facebook, follow these different casting companies. And when they post something, then you submit. He says, just send a selfie. I was like, okay, cool, let me try this out. So uh, um, I, I did what he said, I liked these pages. And then I saw a casting call that looked like me, you know, in terms of the, the ethnicity they were looking for, the size, the height. I submitted a selfie and like 30 minutes later, I get an email said, you're booked. I'm like, whoa, wow. 
<laughs> you know, that quick. It doesn't and always so, happen that quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. But this was for uh, the originals. And um, so I went to work. And when we finished, I enjoyed myself. You know, you hear people say it all the time that they're a people person. I'm really a people person. COVID has not been kind to me in that, you know, I, I am definitely not an introvert. I need to be out around the, the people, you know. So just being on set and being able to interact and meet new people and laugh and joke and share stories, that, that, was, that was me. You know, that was definitely things that, that appealed to me. So at the end of the day, they said, um, we're doing a continuation of this scene over the next two days. Are you interested? I'm like, heck yeah, you know? So so uh, I worked those next two days and I'm like, I can really do this. And it's a way for me to get away from these doggone honey do this. <laughs> honey do, honey do. <laughs> wow, that's a, a real interesting story. So, so you heard from the radio about the casting opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then um, very quickly you got booked. That doesn't normally happen like that. A lot of times people, it'll take <laughs> a, a couple of days or longer waiting to find out whether or not you got booked or not. So um, Absolutely. Wow, very interesting. Now, um, you did tell us about your first um, gig that you booked. Okay, so I'm not sure. What was the name of the show that you that you The said? Originals. The, the Originals. originals. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you played um, a couple of days. So right. that's interesting that um, you was asked to come back for, you know, a second and third day as well. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. And that doesn't always that happen. Doesn't, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like a first, you know, like that doesn't happen. Very interesting. So can you tell our listeners um, that may be interested in um, trying to get a background um, uh, role gig? Um, how can they get started? There are tons of casting companies, even more so when I first started uh, here in the Atlanta area. And um, almost all of them uh, post their casting calls on Facebook. Okay, so the first thing is you've got to be on Facebook. And I know I run into some people say, uh, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want people reaching out to me or whatever. Okay, then maybe this is not an industry for you because people will need to see. First of all, it's called Facebook. You got to have a picture. <laughs> so many people want to leave their picture blank or have a picture of their cat or whatever. No, it's Facebook. And if you want to be in the TV and film industry, then you got to have a face, you know. Uh, um, unlike years ago when uh, businesses and industries pay somebody to investigate you, they don't have to do that now. All they have to do is go to your social media, you know, and they want to see, you know, this is an image-driven industry. So they want to see your image. They want to see your face. They want to see, you know, that square, that, the headshot. So number one, you got to be on Facebook. You got to have, be willing to put a picture up, okay? Then there, there's there. <laughs> Listen, my, when I first started doing it, my wife said I might be interested in doing that. So I said, well, here's what you got to do. You know, you got to uh, submit your picture, and, and she said, wait, a picture? I said, yeah, they want to see who you are, and it's 
no, I'm not trying to do all that. You know, so there are people who don't want to do that. And if that's fine, but this is not the industry for you because it is an image driven industry. So you got to be on Facebook. And, you know, um, I've actually created, which I'll be happy to share with you, a document because so many people would always ask me what you ask. How do I get started? in doing this you know how do i you know I, I like seeing you on tv how do i get on tv you know mm -hmm. so i created this document it's a pdf document called getting started you know and, and like i said i'll be happy to share it with you um, but it lists all the casting companies that are here in atlanta it, it tells you step by step how to go on facebook how to like their pages how to set up your notifications so when they share something you can see it, you know, and then how to submit. Uh, I tell people what to expect on set, tell them about food, lunch, breakfast, or whatever it is. Uh, I just go down the whole list of what to expect when you're on set. And and so, but that's basically it. You got to be on Facebook. You got to have, and, and you, just starting out, you don't need a professional picture. It can be a selfie, you know, just but yeah. chest up, a headshot, you know, and then uh, with all the different casting companies, you like their pages. And then when they post something and they'll say in the post what they're looking for, if you fit that description, then you just send them an email per their instructions. I'll say that again, per their instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then just wait, you know. And, and sometimes you'll get booked right away like I did. Other times it might be a day or two or even a week or two, but you know, a lot of times there, there's so many things that are being filmed here in Atlanta. Now, because of COVID it shut down, but things are ramping up and I, I'm seeing so many different casting calls now. So yep. it's, it's really starting off with a bang. So those are the things, be on Facebook, have a headshot, like the different casting company pages, and then submit an email when they post something that looks like you. And uh, very good advice. And also, um, just a caveat on the professional headshot. It is important to eventually get a professional headshot. Absolutely. Um, a lot of these, um, even if you do have a professional headshot, a lot of castings, they want to see a fresh photo even when you submit to it because they, they want to see what it is that you look like right now. Right that now. That could have been two, three years ago, and your look could have completely changed from that time, you know, that you Especially for women. Yes. Okay. Yes. My look stays the same. I'm, I'm bald. I have a full beard that I'm not willing to shave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but ladies, you know, and, and, and we'll, I know we'll talk about it later, but ladies will submit a picture where their hair is down to here, you know, and then they show up on set and it's shorter than what yours is right now, yep. you know. As I said, this is an image-driven industry, and when in casting, they go through everybody's picture, mm -hmm. and they book you based on your look. Mm -hmm. So if you submit a picture and you don't look like that now, that's a problem. So yeah, you can have a professional headshot, but casting companies, majority of the time, want to know what you look like right now. In fact, last year, there was one casting company in particular that would ask you to submit a, a picture holding a, a, a sign with today's date written on it. Yes. So they know, okay, this is a fresh look right here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I um, recently came across a couple of castings like that as well, where they want you to have a dated um, picture, mm-hmm. a dated selfie. Um, right. You, you know what? When you were talking about um, having a social media, well, primarily Facebook, do you think that it's important for people in the industry to be mindful of the things that they post on their social media? Absolutely. Absolutely, because uh, as as I mentioned, um, people, uh, um, casting companies, uh, they they search your social media. If you submit, especially if it's a a, a high profile role that they're going to book you for, okay. If they look at you, there are a lot of times when they say, um, okay, here's the hierarchy. You have an extras casting director, which is the person that books background actors okay then you have an overall casting director and then you have a director or you have an ad which is an assistant director a director a producer okay a lot of times uh, most of the time when you get booked to work background i don't like to say extra when you get to work background it's that extras casting director that books you okay sometimes it's a, a a specialty role or they definitely want a certain kind of look and the director himself or herself will go through those pictures that the extras casting director brings a, a package together and presents. These are the ones that I think will give you the look that you want. And then that director will handpick those. But before they handpick, especially if this is somebody that's going to be interacting with one of the principal actors or you know have a very prominent position, they want to make sure this is not a knucklehead. You know, they want to make sure when they put this person on set, that they're not going to be running off at the mouth, talking about politics, talking about religion, talking about whatever. They want you to just come and work, okay? So they will look on your uh, social media presence just to kind of see what things you post, you know, uh, whether you're extreme, whether you're way out there. They want to see that, you know? Uh, um, if, if they see you, and people don't think about this if they see you hanging at the club that's what your pictures show all the time you know you just hanging at the club holding up the glass hey toast you know whatever they're gonna be kind of leery about that this is a party girl a party guy we may not want him in in, for this project ladies i don't know what it is but y'all like to turn around and look at your booty (laughs) (laughs) if you if you got tons of booty shots <laughs> like, like it might have left since the last time you saw it. You know, let me check. <laughs> yeah, you know, but if you got tons of those pictures, they may not want to book you. You know, they might love your pretty face, your, your nice figure. But if you seem so much into yourself like that, that, you know, so you, you have to be cognizant and very mindful of the things that you put on your social media because it is open and and visible to anybody that wants to see it you know right. now if you if some people i know have and this this is an idea have an actor's page okay on facebook and then they have their own personal page you know um so that might be a thought but yeah you definitely should be cognizant of the things you post on your social media Thank you, thank you. Now, a lot of a lot of people do not realize, and um, I I found out at my first um, background um, job that I had some years ago how long you're on set for. So, 
So people do not realize that, you know, you get booked, it says, you know, 10 plus hours. If it says 10 plus hours, believe it, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It don't matter if you're a bus rider, a, you know, a, a patron in a restaurant. If it says 10 plus hours, believe it. You're probably going to be there for that long. Now, Absolutely. What, and you know, and unfortunately for me, my, my first gig, I wasn't even prepared for it. I was like, oh, how long, you know, they're not really gonna have us here for 10 hours, you know? <laughs> like, how many times can we recreate this scene? So, <laughs> what what are um, some ways that you make the best use of your time during the holding? Because now we know, but I don't know if every, our listeners know, that even though you're on set for 10 plus hours, you're not actively working that role 10 plus hours you know a lot of times you're on standby you're watching what's going on you know and then you're called back when you need so it doesn't mean you're actively working so what is it that you do to keep yourself you know busy sane and productive um during holding uh i have a phrase that says if you're um not working you should be networking okay <laughs> And um, so that's one of the things that I do to stay busy on set is I network, you know. I, I, I usually bring some type of reading material, but I, I like to engage into uh, some real nice conversations with great people, you know. So um, if it's people on set that I know, and I usually been uh, in this industry now for seven years, I usually run into somebody that I know on a set. Um, but, uh, if not, then I go meet somebody, you know, um, I, I look around and just, just kind of read people from where I am and I'll go up and my kids always say, dad, how do you do that? You know, but I'll, I'll go up and just strike up a conversation with a stranger, you know, because I, I just like people, you know, now there's some people that I, I meet and I don't care for, <laughs> and there's some, I, some I avoid, you know, but just in general, I, I really enjoy just being around people, you know, but there's a phrase that we say in this industry and that is, now yesterday my, my call time was 628, okay? Uh, I don't know why they didn't just add two minutes to say 630, but it was 628 AM, you know? And, um, but we didn't actually go to set until about 1030, you know? So there was four hours sitting and holding, you know, uh, we were able to get a breakfast in the morning and things like that. But we call that hurry up and wait, you know, cause you gotta hurry up and get to set. Well, once you're there, you gotta wait, <laughs> you know? And so it, it it depends on the type of person because there's, there's so many different people that get in this industry, you know? So if you're the type that likes to read or do word puzzles, crossword puzzles or whatever, you got plenty of time to do that, you know? If you have your own personal business that you're working on while you're doing this, you got time to do that. You know, you can sit up and write your business plan. I have a very good friend who uh, worked background for several years, but she was an incredible writer and I didn't even know it. I would just see her with a, 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 a composition book on set, always just, just writing out. And then when I got to meet her, she said, I've got 16 books on Amazon. Like, what? <laughs> so then when I, I typed in her name she wasn't lying she she had written 16 books and since then she's turned several of them into screenplays she's done like uh three uh movies herself 
you know, uh, and place them on, on, on Amazon Prime, you know, and uh, she's working on a project right now. I've worked with her on all, on all but one of her projects. So, you know, if, if you're creative and you got things that you want to do, you know, especially when you're on a movie set and you're watching other people, that gives you ideas and you can jot them down and work on your own. So there are a lot of things you can do to stay busy, but understand uh, um, once you get there, there's that hurry up and wait period, you know, and then you might film for an hour, then you go back into holding and sit for another hour or two, you know, you never know. Your day is not predictable at all. You just know, and, and, and you mentioned 10 hours. I just mentally prepare for a 12 hour day. I say, if I'm going there, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be here a minimum of 12 hours. If I get off earlier, I'm good, you know, but I don't wanna set myself up and say, start looking at my watch at a certain time and thinking, they need to hurry up, you know? <laughs> hey, look at the time. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And I've seen people say, well, you know, um, I gotta go to my main job. I can't stay here longer. And I'm like, well, why did you accept this? Oh, yeah. You know? They, they told you it's going to be X number of hours. Why even accept it if you knew you had somewhere else to go? That's you know, right. This is, that's right. This is not your traditional nine to five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's right. Um, you know, that was a good point to bring up. Don't make any other plans. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Don't make no, you know, set in stone plans at least. The case mm -hmm. plans need to be flexible if you schedule something on um, a same day that you get booked. So... Um, moving on, so you, you worked in the industry for a while, and then you started to notice that there was an area within the local, you know, within the local um, Atlanta industry where you saw that an improvement could be made, okay? And then from there, you ended up creating um, an exclusive group called Colorful Backgrounders, which is um, an exclusive group for African-Americans within the film industry and um, primarily in the Atlanta area because that's where, um, you know, we all work at. So, um, and, they, and I don't know if I mentioned, but it's not just, um, exclusively for background actors or actors. Absolutely. It's for any role within the film industry. And it has everywhere between, um, you know, aspiring, you know, to people that are, you know, more experienced. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you give us a little bit more details on how, you know, what, what was the issues that you noticed and how did Colorful Backgrounders come into fruition? Once I jumped in with both feet and realized, okay, this is something that I want to do. I want to pursue this. Then I just started searching all around. And, and in my mind, I just started setting up criteria for me accepting a role. And I said, if something is within four hours driving distance, you know, then I don't mind doing it. Not that the money was great, but again, it, it would give me an opportunity to meet people, to network, make connections, you know. And, and for me, I was taught networking is not necessarily seeing what somebody can do for me. Networking is seeing what I can do for somebody else. You know, so I'm meeting somebody and they're giving me what they're doing. I'm like, really? I know somebody that does such and such and they could probably help you out with that. To me, that's what I do when I network. I look for opportunities for me to help somebody else. And in doing so, I will meet people who can help me with my own vision. So anyway, I'm thinking if, if somewhere is, is four hours or less away, 
if it's in Tennessee or Alabama or whatever, I don't mind going there. So I started looking for other areas that were doing uh, TV and film uh, 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 casting. There were some, but none was as, as prominent and as, as, as busy as Georgia. So I'm working, I'm working on a lot of projects. I did the movie Selma, you know, about Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, had a great scene in there with myself in common. You know, I did uh, uh, the Bessie Smith story on HBO with Queen Latifah, you know. I, I did a lot of different projects and I'm like, this is great, you know. But then all of a sudden I hit a snag. The first snag was I realized uh, um, I was a little mature. <laughs> the film industry caters to uh, uh, people 18 through 35, 40-ish or whatever. You know, I had maybe just past 40. <laughs> you know, and so there were a lot of roles for that younger demographic. And they the roles got smaller and smaller when it came to my age. But there were still some there. The second snag was the biggest one. When you start looking at these casting calls, you'll see they're broken down and it, it will say casting for Caucasian male, or casting for Caucasian female, or casting for uh, Hispanic male or Hispanic female, or even Asian. You know, they, they, they break it down like that because that's what the director is looking for for their scene. And so I, I had no problem with that. But my problem was, I'm sorting through all of these to find the roles that look like me, you know? And this one day, and you know, you, you're doing the same thing. So, you know, sometimes in a given day, there might be 50, 60, 75 casting calls that are put out there. So I'm sorting through all of these, trying to find roles that look like me and, and, and getting frustrated because even though they were there, I'm having to sort through all of these. And then that's when I had this aha moment. I said, if I'm frustrated trying to find these roles that look like me, then other people that look like me are equally frustrated. Mm -hmm. So why not create this one-stop place where uh, uh, African-Americans who are interested and serious, that's my caveat, who are serious about uh, working in the TV and film industry can come and find all the casting calls that are specifically for us. And then I said, and since I have a site, let's add some some information that will help uh, uh, empower them. You know, uh, things like acting classes or workshops or just general information about the industry, you know, news and information, uh, uh, um, acting tips, videos, anything that I could find that I was looking, already looking for myself to improve myself why not share it with other people? So I created the page Colorful Backgrounders. And um, I started out with myself and two other people that I met early on. And um, what started out as three is now 1300 plus. Yeah, and it's a great page, it is. It's, it's a great page. I'm so glad I'm a part of it. <laughs> um, and and, the, and um, actually the Colorful Backgrounders has a mission statement. It's like a, um, a motto, it's mm -hmm. to. It's to employ. Mm -hmm. um, it's to inform mm -hmm. and to inspire. That is correct, yes. So <laughs> that's what it does. I, I love the page, I'm so happy I'm a part of it. So 
And just the, you know, you said um, you've only been working in the industry for a couple of years and in just the short amount of time, and I'm sure that your networking has helped you to, to get there. You've gone from doing exclusively background roles to moving up to a casting assistant and even having the opportunity to be a casting director um, for a couple of projects. So, um, from a from a casting director's point of view, what are some things that you think um, can help um, people that are working primarily background roles to mm -hmm. elevate up to supporting roles or even you know principal roles? Educate, <laughs> educate yourself, and train. Um, when you look at the background roles, and there are plenty that are posted and, and, and cast it for on a daily basis, um, anybody can get those because they're specifically looking for a look. And not to say that um, um, you're not acting because you are. You know, I, I dare anybody to say when I go to set and I work background that I'm not acting, you know. So, um, um, you, but but anybody, you don't have to have any special qualifications. You, you don't have to uh, have any training or anything like that. Anybody can at least submit and work background. Um, but when when it comes to uh, working as a, a a day player, which is is the main thing that you can get uh, uh, without actually becoming a a major star or whatever but you can book day player roles, um, they look for people with training. I remember early on, not knowing everything, not having all the information, I saw a, a um, Facebook post that was from a local talent agency and they were looking for people to represent, you know? And so when I went, and it was probably maybe about 50 people that showed up for this, and they had a couple of agents. I noticed uh, uh, two, three people that were sitting at the table uh, looking at me, pointing and writing something down. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and so um, they had each of us stand up and introduce ourselves, you know. And so they told me, they said, we love your look. We, we can certainly book you for commercials and and, and and there's some 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 uh, day player roles we can book you for. You have a very uh, classic look, a very unique look. Um, what training have you had? You know, and then put on the brakes. <laughs> huh? I've, I've I've had no no training. You know, and they say, oh well, we'd love to represent you because you definitely have a bookable look. Uh, again, I can't overstress. This is an image-driven industry, you know. But once they get past the look, they want to know, can you deliver? You know, um, you have to be able to audition, you know. And so you have to know how to uh, act uh, when you get in front of the camera. And and that's that's more than a notion, you know. Your cell phone is one thing, but when you're, you're in front of a camera, camera is right here in your face, and you've got to deliver as if that's not even there. That's that's more than those. Those things take skills, you know. So there are plenty of of, of acting schools here in Atlanta. Uh, if anybody watched 
uh, uh, American Soul. There's a, one of the guys that was on the, uh, the sh that show. He actually got killed off this past season, uh, but his name is Tom Scott. He has a, an amazing acting school. Uh, if you watch Greenleaf, the season one, and the character Uncle Mac, who was played by, he was a pedophile, played by Greg Allen Williams. Greg Allen Williams is based here in Atlanta. He has an incredible acting school, mm -hmm. you know. So there's a lot of different people who are uh, 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 industry professionals, you know, and there are some who may not necessarily have been in front of the camera, but they still uh, have knowledge and can teach and train you. And so to enable to get to that next level that, you know, and, and let me say this, I worked as a uh, casting assistant for two and a half years at Tyler Perry Studios. Now, I did casting for uh, Have and Have Nots and uh, For Better, For Worse. And um, Tyler Perry, more than, I gotta give him shout out, more than anybody else in the city will pull somebody from background and give them speaking lines. He, he does it all the time, you know? And it's, it's, it's amazing and it's great to be there to see somebody who has, even in the background field, worked hard and is being rewarded by being upgraded, you know? So those times do happen, but they're rare, you know? So in order to put yourself in the best position, you gotta train, you gotta go to acting schools. You, there are uh, improv uh, classes you can take, you know, there are um, auditioning classes you can take because now um, the biggest thing is self-tape auditions, you know, and you got you got to know, even though you're in the comfort of your own home or whatever, you got to know how to really deliver a great self-tape audition or you're going to keep submitting and never get booked. You know, some of them are done via Zoom. You know, I had a Zoom audition Friday and I got to know, no, Thursday, and I got the notification yesterday that they liked me and they wanted to book me. So the thing of it is, you got yeah, thank you. The thing of it is, you got to be able to navigate in all of these different technologies that are here right now. But you got to back it up and say, okay, if I want to move to that position, and and understand as booming as Atlanta is and Georgia is right now, there's a lot of actors with a lot more experience than you that are based here in Atlanta. And not to mention, if they want somebody, you know, on a project, they don't mind flying somebody in. They do it all the time for that particular role. So you're going against people who already have been in the industry and have lots of experience and have lots of training. So if you want to be able to, as they say, to, to stomp with the big dogs, you got to do what the big dogs do. You got to take training. You got to get an acting coach. You know, and, and, and by the way, you need to do all of those things even before you even talk about getting an agent. Because like that agent said to me, uh, we'd love to book you. You got a bookable face. <laughs> and a, lot of, a lot of people got great looks, you know, um, bookable faces. But if you don't have the training, they don't want you to be the deer in the headlights when that camera hits you and you can't deliver. Some great advice. Great advice. And also, there's a lot of information available online as well. You know, absolutely. So, um, you know, sometimes people are like, "Well, I don't have the money to do this or to do that or to you know spend," which is understandable. But we're in a day and age where there is so much information, and you can just use the internet as a starting point. Mm -hmm. You know, 
um, you know, eventually, yes, you probably will need to, you know, come up with the funds to get professional training, but there's still so much free, you know, information out there. Just like what yeah. you were saying, um, even as far as like how to do a self-audition, you know, mm-hmm. so much information and content out there on everything from like your setup, lighting, this and that, like. Absolutely. So there's really no excuse you know, to, to, to do what you need to do to, you know, elevate yourself. Right. So thank you so much. <laughs> so at um, one point, um, going back to the Colorful Backgrounders um, exclusive group that you created, at one point you got a little bit of pushback from the local film community um, because, you know, I, I guess there were people that weren't too fond of you creating a group exclusively for African Americans. Um, I was a racist. Yes, and you was called a racist. <laughs> yeah. So how did you overcome that situation while still being, because obviously you still have a colorful background in this group, okay? So while still being able to maintain the group and still keep your good reputation because you're still getting booked, you know, like I said, you elevated, you know, from backgrounders to, you know, casting directors on positions. So um, tell us about that situation and how you overcame it. Well, when I, when I first started the group, I went out and looked for people, okay, who were uh, uh, listed acting. You know, you, you, you look, look on Facebook and you just type in actors or whatever, or you type in uh, 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 performers or whatever <laughs> in the search engine. And then it start pulling up people. And some people I knew, I said, oh, I know that person. So I would add them to the group that way, okay? And so I did that for the, maybe the first hundred or so people. And then after that, I stopped looking myself and just concentrated on building the group up. And in doing so, other people who were searching for uh, 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 groups to join that would help them, they would just type in the search engine uh, uh, extras casting or uh, uh, acting or background or, or casting calls or any of those things and those were triggers and so when it would list all the the pages that that had those things in their description mine was one of the one and mine was growing so mine ended up being near the top on most of those searches so people would click on it and they see the beautiful logo that i had you know and colorful background is hmm, this this looks like something interesting so they they would uh, nobody could just join on their own even from the very beginning you know uh you could you could request to be a member and then i would have to approve you you know um and just like we talked about uh uh, people looking at your facebook profile i did that i vetted everybody that i added to the group before i added them because i didn't want no knuckleheads you know uh um or as Beyonce said, I didn't want no busters in the group, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was. I started to get as the group grew. I started to get requests from people saying, "I want to join this group," and they were, uh, as they say, from the Caucasian persuasion, you know. And not that I have anything against, you know, people that are are non-black, but I created this group exclusively for African Americans. So. The content that I post, you know, the casting calls and those things are designed to help the African-American actor, you know. So when when I would get uh, white people who would say, I would like to join this group, 
and I would be very respectful. I say, I appreciate your uh, interest in this group. However, uh, this is a group exclusively for the African-American act. And then people would say, oh, so it's a racist group, you know? And I got that more than one time, you know? So so uh, uh, white people can't join this. And, and I even had one person say, well, I got a black wife. Okay, but your <laughs> black wife is not asking <laughs> to join this group. You are, you know, and and not that I got anything against you, but the things that I post won't benefit you. It'll be a waste of your time because it's not for, uh, uh, or it is for a specific demographic, you know. So to eliminate all that pushback that I was getting, you know, I just made the group from being public to being private and changed it where the only way that you could even uh, know about it is that somebody invited you, you know? So right now you have to be invited by someone. And then once you're invited, there's a series of questions on the page. If you answer those questions, you're automatically added without me even going through and, and, and looking at your profile. Um, because it, we're all in the process of, of running this, we're all still working, you know? And so a lot of times I'm, I'm you know, before COVID, I worked between three to five days a week, you know, different sets, sometimes five different sets in a week, you know, and during those hurry up and wait times, yeah, I can go through my phone, see what's posted and, and, and then share it to the group page. But other times if I'm actually on set, there's still things being posted. And so uh, um, if I'm not sharing them, then, then nobody was. So I had to make it one thing that I did, I made it where it's not just up to me, okay? When you become a part of Colorful Backgrounders, and I'm glad to see that you shared something the other day, you know, uh, when you become a part of Colorful Backgrounders, it's a partnership, it's a family, you know? So we're all here to share the information and the knowledge. I remember uh, uh, when I first got booked on Fatal Attraction, um, and I saw the casting call, and it said, looking for an African-American man to play a detective. All headed with a salt and pepper beard, 5'9", said 5'9 to 5'10", uh, around 190 to 210. I'm like, that's me. That's, that's me to a T, you know? But before I even submitted for it personally, and I've, I've shared the story with other people, and it was like, wow, you crazy, Greg. But no, before I shared, I, I submitted for it personally, I shared it to the colorful backgrounder page. I said, because number one, if it's for me, I'm going to get it, you know, but why not make it available for everybody to be able to submit for it and whoever they want, they'll book. And if that person happens to be me, then great. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine. I created this. So if, if anybody's going to be passionate about it and follow all the rules, it needs to be me. So I shared that casting call to the page first and then when I submitted for it I got booked for it so I, I was happy that I did that. Look how that worked out too yeah absolutely <laughs> a lot of people are just like you know they're they're so in competition with everyone mm -hmm. else and they're just like you know what no you know I'm just gonna keep this information from myself and don't want to share it but look look how that worked out for you now right. speaking of um of bookings and castings um you eventually ended up creating kind of a, um, a separate entity of colorful backgrounders. 
by creating colorful castings. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm assuming it's the same thing. It's, you know, basically, you know, castings for um, African-Americans that you're going to be casting for in this um, in this group. I mean, well, actually, actually, no. Colorful castings is uh, 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 a casting company I created. And in doing so, my purpose was to help the independent filmmaker. Okay, um, uh, as as many uh, network TV shows and and major motion pictures are filmed in and around Atlanta and in Georgia, uh, Atlanta has a huge indie market, independent filmmaker market. You know, and that's that's a whole nother entity. You know, and so I I got to meet in my networking, got to meet some independent filmmakers. And, and one of the things that I, I know they have, like in, in in major motion pictures and TV shows, they have great stories. Sometimes their stories are even better than some of the ones you see in theaters. What they don't have is big budgets, you know, and they don't have a lot of people that they can pay to work on these projects in terms of the behind the scenes, you know. And casting is a huge thing because you got to get the right people. Again, it's one thing to get background. You know, it's another thing to, to book and to cast uh, uh, principal actors. You know, you got to get the right person. You got to be able to get things, uh, get people who will work well together. You know, so uh, um, that takes a special skill. And I, fortunately, I learned a lot of that. You know, not that I'm, I'm. I'm the bomb.com with it yet, you know, but but it's always a work in progress. But working with, with people, and I have to give a shout out to uh, Andrea Craven, who is with Marinella Casting. She's the one that brought me on as a casting assistant when she was doing the casting at Tyler Perry Studios. She also brought me on for a, a movie that was an incredible experience, Birth of a Nation with Nate Parker, which filmed in Savannah, Georgia. And production rented uh, casting a house and so we all lived in the house for uh, for well she was there longer than me but I was there for two months you wow. know in Savannah we, we each had our own room and then that's where we worked from in that house to cast people we cast people from Atlanta from Savannah from North and South Carolina to work on that incredible music movie which is the, the Nat Turner story and so um, I didn't even realize it but it, it went to Sundance. I knew it was going to Sundance Film Festival. And Andrea went to, to view it. And she did some screenshots of the credits and sent it to me. And my name was in the credits as a casting assistant for that that movie, you know, Birth of a Nation. So that was awesome, you know. So anyway, with, with, with uh, independent filmmakers, they have to wear so many hats. They're the the producer because they're the one putting up the money they're the director you know a lot of times they may not even have an assistant director so they're the director and the ad you know sometimes they pull in pa work a lot of times they build their own set so they're the set designer and the set decorator so they wear so many hats i said why not create again you know a uh, 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 necessity is the mother of invention why not create a casting company specifically to help these independent filmmakers where at least that part can come off their table. You can communicate to me what you're looking for. Uh, Give me the script. I can do a a script analysis and break it down and see 
what you're going to need in terms of background and then help you with the main characters and just take that off your plate. So consequently, you no, know, Colorful Castings is not just for African-Americans, okay. you know, because I'm, I'm trying to bring the vision to life of whatever this writer director has in mind. And so he's going to want a lot of different type of people, you know. So when, when I'm working with him, and I'm very, very, very selective which projects I'll take up. Because number one, uh, um, I don't mind helping people at all. That's my nature, but I don't work for free, you know. So if, if, if you don't have a budget, then, you know, um, I, I'll give you some advice, but I'm not going to take that project on, you know. I'm not terribly expensive at all, you know but I don't want people to take advantage of me and think I'm gonna do it for free, you know? Um, so if you got somewhat of a budget to bring on a casting director, I can take that off the plate and just make it easier for you to wear all those other hats. And, and I work directly with that cast, with the director and producer to bring their vision to light. So with that, you gotta have a lot of different people, you know, so I, I've got, in my colorful castings database probably about close to 500 people that have submitted their headshots their resumes their acting reels you know and uh so when whenever i do take a project on even though each time i'll, I'll do like everybody else i'll post a a casting call so i'll get people but then i may already have some people in mind based on those who are in the database that i have Got it. So um, anyone interested, they can sign up for their database, um, for your database? They, they can just, um, uh, right now I'm not taking any submissions, but what you can do first of all is go to uh, Colorful Castings on Facebook, okay. you know, and just like the page. And that way when you like the page, then you'll see when I post casting calls or I'll say, I want to add people to the database, you know, go ahead and submit your your, your headshot, your actor's reel, and your resume. And then, you know, and usually I'll do that when I'm preparing to cast for a specific project, you know, because I want to, and I might even say, I'm looking for a certain type. If you fit that criteria, go ahead and submit your information, you know. Got but it. it's always good, whether it's me or anybody else, to work on those things. Get your professional hits. That's when you do want to have a professional headshot. You know, uh, work on your resume, and 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 just the FYI, most casting directors, directors, period, don't want background work listed on your actor's resume. Okay, so it it, it brings forth the question: Well, if I don't have experience, how do I get experience? You know, because they they want actual acting in something they want they want you to have speaking lines you know they want you to have a reel of you working so they can see how you actually act this is this is my advice for that um sign up for free on actors access okay go to actorsaccess.com okay they are one of the premier uh um databases that cast for a lot of major projects. They cast for independent projects as well. They cast for student projects. Okay. Now, in my own personal experience, before I even started Colorful Castings, I, I realized, okay, I need to build up a, a body of work. 
So I started submitting for, when I would see on Facebook, people had uh, independent projects and they were looking for actors for it. So I, you know, would submit and get booked. And um, independent projects are great. Okay, and I'm a, I'm a very big proponent of that. But here's the issue with some of them, not all of them, with some of them. They operate on a shoestring budget, okay? Some of them tell you right up front whether or not there's pay. And when you're in the process of building up your reel and your resume, it's a trade-off. You know, you're not necessarily so interested in making money. What your, your goal is, I wanna get content and I wanna get a credit in terms of, this is a line item I can add on my resume, okay? What happens with some of them is they run out of money, you know? Or they have not so good equipment, okay? Now, again, an image-driven industry. So if they finish the project and then you look at it and the camera is doing this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or I know this is, is radio, so the camera is shaking up and down, it's not steady, or the sound quality makes you sound like this. Yeah. That's not something that you then want to share as part of your actor's reel. Mm -hmm. You know, I've also run into some that they run out of money and they're unable to finish the project. So you put your time in, you, you've worked on it, you've done your best performance, and then you're waiting two, three years for them to release it and they still haven't released it. So I discovered the best way to get content and to get credit. When you go on Actors Access, they have a lot of student projects that are listed, okay? And, and student projects are driven by uh, colleges that have, you know, filmmaking courses and, you know, things like that. And they have to do it. Now, here's the best thing about a, a student project. Nine times out of 10, the school is going to have very good equipment, okay? So what they're using will give you a good end product, a good quality product. Secondly, uh, the student's grade is tied to finishing that project. So the, the, the issue that I had with some projects you're working on and then two, three years, you're still waiting to get footage. That's not gonna be the case with a student project because in order for him to pass that class and maybe even graduate, He's got to finish, he's got a deadline to get that project completed. So you're gonna get your credit in terms of, of, of uh, uh, a project that you worked on, a film, a short that you worked on, and nine times out of 10, they will give you a copy of the reel or at least a copy of your performance. And then you can add that to your actor's reel. So Actors Access is a great uh, tool to have. Now, let me just, just say, um, once you go on there and sign up, they let you uh, put a picture, you build a profile, okay? You put a picture, a headshot on there, and your first headshot is free. It's $10 to add any additional headshots, okay? And and you wanna have different looks, you know? So you don't have to put 10 pictures up there at once. Do one a month or one a week, you know? However, is is comfortable for you, you know? If you spend $10 on a meal, sacrifice one meal a month, and put another picture on your actor's access profile. If this is something you wanna be serious about, you know? Then uh, um, I did that for a couple of years in the beginning with the free profile, but for $68 a year, um, you can have your profile and 
let's say, let me back up. When when you see something that you like, okay, and you want to submit for it with the free profile, it's $3 per submission, okay? And I'm on Actors Access every day, at least two, three times a day. And so if I see two, three different roles that I want to sit for, that's $3 each, you know? That can add up over the course of a year. Well, am I serious about this? Is this something that I want to pursue? Is this something that I'm interested in? So I said, yeah, okay. Why not just pay $68 for the whole year? Every submission is free from there, mm -hmm. you know? So at that point, it don't matter if I got money in my bank account or not. I've already paid the fee, okay? So throughout the whole year, however many times I want to submit for different projects, I can do it. And, and with the number of submissions that I do, um, trust me, I've, I've exceeded that $68 by leaps and bounds. Also, when it's time to submit an audition, okay, for, for somebody, because once you submit, uh, uh, say I'm interested in this, then again, that process, that casting director will look at your picture, look at your resume and say, okay, I want this person to audition for this, okay? If you have the free one, uh, you have to pay for your audition, okay? With the $68 fee, your auditions are free. So you can submit as many auditions as you want. So, you know, if, if it's something that you're serious about, I, you know, I certainly encourage you to pay that $68 fee. Yeah, and then make sure you keep up with all your expenses too when it comes down to um, um, income tax time. Absolutely. So be another expense that you can, you know, make sure that you add on when it's time to file your taxes. So that's very important as well. Mileage and <laughs> just everything. That'll be well, a whole you, you go you go to the store and buy wardrobe things, you know, that you need for a certain booking. That's that's part of your job. So you can deduct those expenses as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So Greg, what, what else is up next for you? Do you have anything upcoming that we should be on the lookout for? Um project wise. I uh, worked on this this amazing story that's going to be on Amazon Prime called The Underground Railroad. Um, um, it's, it's a fictitious story, but it's an incredible story about uh, two people who escaped slavery from Georgia. Um, and I don't want to give a lot of details, but um, um, I didn't have any speaking lines in it but it is directed by uh, Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight and If Bill Street Could Talk, you know, and um, just, he was a, just a great, I love working with great directors like that. And I, I did about a month on that. Uh, it's actually gonna be a series, like a mini series. Oh, nice. So okay. the, the month that I worked on it, they said that's gonna probably be one or two episodes, <laughs> you know? But um, 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 I was a free person. I wasn't a slave. I was a free person. And the costuming, you know, was just incredible. The story is, is in fact, the, the book for the Underground Railroad ended up winning a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, wow. And it was on the bestseller list for, 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 for quite some time. So I'm looking forward to that coming out. Yeah, um, make sure you uh, um, tag me in once the once it's available online, and then I'll make sure um, for those that's following my page, uh, the Be Inspired with Linda H. I'll make sure that I share the link 
um, so that people can watch it on Amazon Prime. Wow. Most, most definitely. And then the other thing is um, in the evolution of my career in this acting, um, I look at what I do as an extension of what my father did. My father passed away in uh, 2017. He was one month shy of turning 96, you know. And um, um, I love my dad. I, I was at, at an event not too long ago and I said uh, my father had and still has a huge impact on me. And and this, was, this event was uh, uh, predominantly white people. And I said, despite a uh, 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 popular belief, black people do have mothers and fathers in their families. <laughs> I said, and I had a great one, you know. And so um, my dad was somebody that was known, he was a blue collar worker, you know, he, he didn't have a, a, a corporate job or wore a suit and tie to work or anything like that. You know, he was a blue collar worker, but he was known as somebody, if you wanted a job, you went to Mr. Lockett. Mr. Lockett had connections and he would find a way to find you a job. And I mean, I, I talked to so many people, you know, in their 60s and in their 70s, and even when he passed away, that seemed to be a recurring theme when people would come up and speak. You know, Mr. Lockett got me my first job, you know, my first, you know, well-paying job, whatever. So he would always help people. And it, but when when you would come to him, Mr. Lockett, I need a job. Do you have anything? And the first thing he'd say, are you serious? Because if I get you a job, you're not going to mess up my name, you know, because I, I, I'm setting you up with this. You're not going to mess me up. So if you, you're not going to do it right, and you know, don't don't come to me, you know. So he would get people jobs. And so I look at what I do with colorful backgrounders and even with colorful castings as a way to honor my dad, you know, and to, to carry on the legacy that, that he had, you know. So uh, uh, my next step in this evolution is I want to be an agent, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to educate myself and eventually I will try to shadow somebody and, and become an apprentice so that I can uh, uh, move into that area. I think that's that's the next thing that I would like to do. And, you know, I, I have a phrase, uh, I think you saw it on my article, and that is everything I have done up to this point has prepared me for this point, you know. And we go through so many different things in life. Sometimes we go through things and we're like, man, eh, why do I have to go through this, you know. But you don't know what the end result is. I always say God is the ultimate chess player and I, I don't play chess but I know people who do and I kind of watch them and a lot of times you'll see people make a move and they'll say why did he do that you know and then six seven eight moves down the road you see ah okay that's why he did that you know yeah. so a lot of times we go through things in our lives and we don't understand why we have to go through that but those are teachable moments and a lot of times you will be able to recall those things and use them for where you are today, you know? So that's why I say, whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the pleasant, everything I have done up to this point has prepared me for this point. Wow, and that's some good final words right there. Just real <laughs> quick, Greg, um, let our listeners know how can they connect with you? Okay, I'm on Facebook as simply Greg Lockett, G-R-E-G, one G, and then two T's on Lockett, L-O-C-K-E-T-T. Yes. Okay, I, I have a son, he's Gregory, so don't look for Gregory, look for <laughs> Greg, okay, and um, on 
Um, Instagram, I'm glock56, okay? And then on Twitter, I'm greglock1. Awesome. So what um, you, you could do is you could send me those, um, the actual links, and then I'll make sure that I push that out in the description of this interview. And as always, thank you every, everyone for listening in for this week's episode. And you know, you can find me on Be Inspired with Linda H at um, Facebook and on Instagram. Y'all have a good week. Thank you, Linda. I told y'all this was a movement. Taking up ain't believe You dig? Banked out. Banked out. Banked out. Banked out. East to west, we getting banked out. North to south, we getting banked out. Worldwide, we getting banked out. Yeah. Call up 917-889-8041 Just the Bay Dye Radio Show We controlling the globe and we second to no one Every time we emerge, we putting that work in Bang Dye, do it for the culture Then it's one love wins since from 8pm to 9pm But tip she the trophy And we keep making moves by coastal Now them suckers didn't believe but I told you Bang Dye about to be your household name And Bang Dye mean when your pop won't change Falling like Odell, shout out to Rochelle Network and Saturday is about to be your movie Gotta go big, it's the only way to do it It's a conglomerate, we get into it Get Fridays, gotta be inspired with Linda H. While you ride on the interstate, we got Sundays with sunshine from five to six. While you watching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in and tap in with the movement. Cause it's about to go down. Shout out, discover this, captain of the mothership. If you ain't know that you know now.